Hi, and welcome to the Social Disease Podcast. My name is Bridget. And I'm Jasper. And today we are going to talk about the very popular group of Eli, Claire, Imogen, and Jake today, which won the poll that was actually posted on our Twitter page by, I think, a pretty good amount, right? Yeah, I think it was like 90 to 10 (laughs) percent. Okay, so everyone really wanted to hear about it, which was pretty fair because I feel like Eli and Claire had a pretty big season during this one. Every season is a big season for them, let's be real. Yeah, that's true. I mean, they're like the Degrassi couple competing with Drew and Bianca in this season, even though they're not together, but neither are Eli and Claire, so (laughs) there you go. (laughs) So I think we're going to do it, I don't know if we're going to do it a little differently, but we're going to discuss some of the plots, including Claire and Jake as a couple. Claire kind of going through her own thing throughout the season. We're going to talk about Eli and his famous play where he meets Imogen and that kind of ties into the Imogen stalking Eli. And then we'll talk about my fave, Jake and Jenna. (laughs) Eli and Imogen. And then we'll finish up with Claire and Eli and their last episode of the season, Kiss. Yeah, it's, like, even though Eli and Claire are broken up and they have their own separate things, it is very difficult to separate them in season 11, just because, at least on Eli's end, pretty much all of his plots revolve around trying to win Claire back, at least until the second half of the season. So I think, just to start things off, we could talk about Claire and Jake and how they start and how they're terrible. (laughs) Yes, we can definitely talk about that. So, I guess overall, what do you think of them? Like, in ranking of couples in Degrassi, what do you think? Uh, I'd say low tier. I mean, they're step-siblings, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, that's very fair. Okay. Let's go through, I guess, just to summarize everything that happened with them oh yeah go if you got a summary yeah please <laughs> so i guess claire starts the season off by like she feels weird about her breakup with eli and she is definitely put off by the fact that he's like i'm i i don't feel anything i'm on med i'm on medication <laughs> and claire's like pay attention to me <laughs> and then like jake is like just transferred to Degrassi. So he like helps her get over the breakup by kissing her. And then we have a quick interlude where Claire tries to join the school newspaper, um, but she is super pretentious and (laughs) writes way more than she was supposed to. So then Katie like gets back at her by hiring her for the newspaper, but making her cover Eli's play. Which, like, power move, you go, Katie. And then the next episode is when her and Jake are very horny for each other and become friends with benefits. I want to get back to that. Sorry, Claire's horniness is unbelievable in this season. I wrote that down, and we are coming back to that. Yeah, so 
they start off as friends with benefits, but then like Claire realizes she can't really do that once she like finds her parents' divorce papers and she finds out that her dad cheated on her mom several times. So they like make things official, but as soon as they make things official, they find out that their parents are also dating. And then there is, there's another plot where Claire is scared that Eli will hurt Jake, but that's probably better fit for the Eli stuff. But the next thing with Jess, Claire, and Jake is basically they're about to go to prom, but then Claire's mom and Jake's dad announce that they're going to be engaged. And Claire's like, what the fuck, mom? <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what she said. <laughs> You're dating. <laughs> Take that. <laughs> but then Jake breaks up with her because he's like, uh, you really want to be step-siblings? Like, Why? <laughs> <laughs> and that's like the end of the first half of the season and then there's a, the time skip till the end of the summer where it's the wedding between the two the two parents and Jake realizes he wants to get back together with Claire and then after lots of hijinks at Jake's cabin including Allie kissing Jake Claire and Jake get back together and Claire drops Allie as a friend and that's basically the turning point for Claire being a completely awful human being. <laughs> because after that, she breaks up with Jake like the very next episode because Jake doesn't want to have sex with her because that would really complicate them being step-siblings and all. <laughs> so they break up for good. And then she is a super drama queen about Jake living in her house and having no friends because she alienated all of her friends. So she runs away from home to a weed farm. <laughs> we'll, we'll have lots to talk about with that. Um, <laughs> and then she eventually realizes, hmm, maybe I should stop being so full of myself and accept things as they are. And she makes up with Jake. They start being like actual siblings. And then the, the finale just from the perspective of the Jake stuff, I guess, is she reconciles with Allie and all of her friends because she is trying to make the winter newspaper edition. And then she reconnects with Eli, but we'll get more into that. Amazing. Okay. Claire and Jake. I'll be honest, I really liked Jake when he first came on the show. I'm a huge fan. I feel like he kind of just fits the narrative of like, he's normal and everyone around him is crazy. Like he is just so nice. He's just normal, like he's rational. You know, he's thinking real hard about them and being in a relationship. I really liked Jake a lot, but Claire was kind of insane this entire season. So I don't know. I don't think she deserved him, to be honest. Like, I'm glad she had him for, like, one second. Yeah, I also like Jake. He is, like, one of the very few Degrassi characters who is pretty low drama while also not being not around. <laughs> so, like, if you think about, like, when some characters, like, stop having drama, they, like, kind of fade into the background. And that doesn't happen for Jake, which I really like. But, like... In terms of Claire and Jake as a couple, I don't know. I don't really see the chemistry too much. No, and they try to make it... I, th I think the problem is, is they are trying too hard. 
with like making Claire attracted to this kid because like I get it like she got out of a relationship with Eli like she very obviously was not ready to date considering she sobbed in the newspaper place (laughs) and like all she did was cry and like great for Jake to like want to make out with her to make her feel better but I don't know did he want to make her feel better or did he just want to make out (laughs) that's what I'm saying what freaks me out is how physical the relationship was and then they made them siblings like they made each other so they were so into each other like not relationship wise and then they were like now you have to live with this person forever yeah yeah like what was interesting to me was like the episode where they become friends with benefits and then they become a relationship after that what i was wondering was like jake is initially saying that he doesn't want a relationship he just wants something casual and then when claire says oh i don't want to be casual he's like okay let's be official so i was like why is he suddenly okay with a relationship now (laughs) that kind of confused me yeah i wonder if they were going for the he would rather be in a relationship with her than not like have her I guess you know because it's like the option was either like be casual or or end it so she was like we're we're gonna end it and he maybe was like oh I don't actually want to end it so we should just date kind of thing I guess that makes sense I just feel like when people are like opposed to relationships they make a much more of a stink about it (laughs) than he did yeah I guess he just also seems like a go with the flow kind of guy so he's probably just like yeah sure like let's just do it I also was surprised that he like I don't know did he say I love you like I think they started saying I love you to each other because she's like if you love me and like blah 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 and they're like we love each other I'm like you've been together for like 10 minutes (laughs) yeah I think they said I love to I love you to each other when Eli tried to help out with their problems in the Native American tent that they constructed. Right. And oh, Eli, yeah. Eli was like, Claire, Jake loves you. And Jake is like, yeah, I do. <laughs> oh, Eli. Okay. So I think that was like what was kind of weird was that like Claire had this huge romance with Eli and then immediately was like, I'm in love with a new boy who's going to be my brother. Yeah. But she didn't know he was going to be her brother. My only other thing is that like rewatching Gossip Girl on the side, they had a similar thing where the parents got married, but the step siblings did not date while their parents were married. There was like a no crossover part. Their parents got divorced, they dated. They dated before their parents got married. Jake and Claire still date and try to bang while their parents are married. They are legally step siblings. Stop. The, the whole episode where they're making plans to have sex, I was just so grossed out. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I was like, I hate this. Also, what do you think about Jake? <laughs> okay, so Jake had that conversation with Claire and was like, look, would you be okay with us having sex if like, we might not end up together in the future? And she was like, yeah, like, I'm good with it if you love me now. And he's like, great. And then they're going to go do it. And she's like, we're going to be together forever. And he was like, I got to go. <laughs> like, yeah. Claire, read the room. Because, like, Claire could say that, but we all know that's not how Claire is. 
No, I just, I mean, I got, I understood Jake's fear in that moment when he for one second was like, I'm going to be stuck with Claire forever in any sense, honestly, as a sibling or, (laughs) or not. Yeah, Yeah, because Jake made the right decision because if if they weren't step siblings, right, and they had sex and they broke up, that would be one thing. But then they have sex, break up, and then they still live together. That's yeah. that's just an awful situation to be in. No, and I'm glad that Jake. I think what really helped them was that Jake's dad has had been divorced for a long time, because he like Claire was very she was handling a lot at one time. So I get the need to like have Jake and be like, I need something stable in this time, even though he's like going to be her brother. But I don't know. I think Jake was like good for them. And then they, they really turned him around when he called her sis at the weed farm, when he saved her from the weed people. (laughs) Well, um, I want to talk about the, what you just said with, Jake's dad has been divorced a lot longer. Yeah. Because if you just think about both of their reactions to the parents' engagement, Jake is like, oh, our parents are adults. They are making this decision. We should support them as the kids of them who love them. Whereas mm-hmm. Claire is a is like, this is absurd. This isn't happening. You can't get married. And I, th- I think that's because of the difference in time and the divorce. Because if you think about it, Claire's parents, her mom and her biological dad, got divorced literally like six months ago. I know. And that's why I cut Claire like some slack. Just because her home life is kind of falling apart. Like it's just so much in one time. In six months, it's so much. Yeah. So just thinking about that, it made sense that she was being dramatic about it but she definitely did not even stop to think about anybody else other than herself. No, this entire season for Claire was about Claire. Like it was nobody else was involved in her life. And it even shows when people are like, when, who was it? Connor was like, oh, who's your best friend now if Allie's not your friend? And she was like, I guess Jake. And I'm like, "Uh uh-oh, that's not good. Yeah. Also in that scene, I was like, what about Adam? (laughs) But yeah, Claire and Jake, I liked the journey, I suppose, of them. I I for sure liked how Jake helped Claire get over Eli. That was definitely a good start to them. But overall, like, I don't like them very much. Yeah, I'm glad that they used this to introduce Jake into Degrassi. I really like him as a character, and I'm glad that he's around. Um, And he just kind of was normal. He just was so normal with Claire, and Claire was so not normal. (laughs) And I think that's what made it better, was he was just so nice to Claire, and, like, did so much for her after not even knowing her. Like, even the first night they met, he, like, pulled her away from Eli and above the dot, and, like, they had just met a few hours ago. Like, that was a very nice thing for him to do. Well, they're, like, family friends. They've, like, known each other for a while. But, like, knowing each other as teenagers, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, because they hadn't seen each other in, I think, six years, they said. Yeah, something like that. 
Yeah, so it was kind of nice of him to step up, and then he just cut. You can just see how nice he is throughout the whole thing. But as a couple, no, I'm glad it ended. Yeah, because because even like he's nice about not having sex with her. He when Claire runs away, he's like, "I'm not gonna tell mom and dad, but like you need to be safe." <laughs> yeah, he he did a good job with that. Um, anything else for Claire and Jake? Oh, we wanted to talk about how horny Claire was, right? Ugh, okay. Like, I don't know what Degrassi was trying to do to Claire. Like, she was, like, a super religious person with Eli and, like, was like, I want to wait till marriage and, like, all this stuff. And then with Jake, it was just, like, they're really having her relive her, like, weird vampire fiction that she kept reading throughout the entire season again. Like, with the guy who just shows up, and then they, like, are gonna bang, and not the brother part, but, you know. I've kind of thought about this for a while, and I feel like Claire's overall character arc from, from the, maybe not the minute she came to Degrassi, but from her first season, is about the sexual maturing of, I guess, a girl. Okay. So you kind of start off with, she has the vibrator plot, right? Yeah, I forgot about that. So that's kind of one of her first ever plots where she's like learning what a vibrator is and how masturbation works. Mm -hmm. And then the next season is the vampire fan fiction where she's horny over Declan. Oh my gosh, Claire's just been horny this whole time and I like kept ignoring it. Yeah. And then in season 10, she has her crisis of faith because of her parents' divorce. So that kind of makes her more okay with sex outside of marriage. Okay. And then there's also that really cringy emo Claire part where she's like, Eli, have sex with me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then into this season, she is horny for Jake now, which like, it's supernatural. Jake is an attractive guy and he's walking around shirtless in her house all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, yeah, I, it makes sense that at this point she's like, okay, I'm going to have sex, even though she absolutely is not ready for it. <laughs> <laughs> she is not. Oh, my gosh. The one scene I wanted to bring up was when she was, like, asking Jake questions about what their first time is going to be like. I honestly had no idea what she wanted from him. Like, <laughs> I was sitting there, and she was like, well what's it gonna be like and he's like well I'm hoping it'll be in a bed and I'm like that is a very teenage boy response to that <laughs> question because what did you want <laughs> <laughs> I don't hate the idea of like walking through that conversation because that's definitely a conversation that you should have before your first time yes but like you said she didn't know what she wanted out of the conversation yeah I, I really don't, but, and then she ended up apologizing to Jake for, for being like that, and I was like, you know what, I appreciated that, because as I was watching that scene, I was like, you were putting a lot of pressure on Jake to make this, like, the best thing ever. I feel like if it's not with Eli right now, I feel like it'll be fine. <laughs> like, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, and then she, then she gets mad that they don't do it, because she clearly isn't ready. <laughs> No, and she said forever, forever. No, no, no. Oh, oh my God, what's that? Um, Fiona quote. It's like, 
uh girlfriends are temporary but brothers are forever (laughs) (laughs) ew yeah bring in the queen of incest (laughs) okay let's go into claire being the most pretentious human in degrassi history katie said it best claire is drama she is drama from episode three when she enters she is stuck on eli not liking her she doesn't give a crap about Allie and Allie's poor life i just can't i don't know what i don't know <laughs> let's talk about the the scene above the dot where she blows up at eli because i feel like there's a lot of controversy over that scene and whether oh. Claire was justified or not and like being mad at Eli. Okay. So like some people say that like Claire was just being overly dramatic in the whole situation, but like it makes sense that she is really confused about what's going on because literally the last time she saw Eli, he crashed a car for her and their whole, their whole relationship was super dramatic with like Fitz and Vegas Knight and everything. So Eli like being like, hey, what's up? I'm fine. Is like super disconcerting. So she obviously knows that something's going on and she's not getting any answers. And Eli isn't, it's not his fault, but he's like on his meds and being like emotionless. So I think it makes sense that she is like super upset and I'm on, I'm on her side with that whole screaming (laughs) that she does. So I've actually thought a lot about that too. I think that she is totally right to be upset, but, but she did break up with him. So like she had, she has to reconsider that. Like, I know there was a lot of stuff going on and she broke up with him because he was like, not okay. He didn't reach out to her. Like she knew mentally he wasn't okay. And like him not reaching out to her, she maybe shouldn't have taken it so personally. I just don't know if it's appropriate to blow up like that in front of everybody in this port. Like, you knew this kid was not okay the last time you saw him. And he's also walking with a cane. So, like, give him... (laughs) I think she needed to give him space. I would have also wanted at least some answers, but I just can't see her blowing up in in public like that as, like, the best way to get the answers. That's true. She did try a couple times before that to ask Eli what was going on, and he was like, bye. (laughs) Well, okay, how about this, though? Do you think it was okay for her to try to use Jake to make him jealous for literally no reason? Oh, absolutely not. That was fucked up. (laughs) Right? So that's why it's like, she tried to make Eli jealous, Eli didn't react, and then she blew up. Like, if she had blew up because he was, like, being a dick to her before, like, without her antagonizing him, I think it would be different. Okay, that's true. Like, she just she just hurt herself in doing that. Like, it made her look bad. Yeah. Because if she just, like, came in and blew up, like, I mean, that wouldn't be great either, but at least she wasn't trying to make him, like, react. Because what did she expect? I don't know. Him to be like, I love you, Claire. And she'll be like, that's great. I just wanted to check. I'm going to go make out with Jake now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay. So that's kind of the start of Claire being super pretentious. So 
what do you think made her get to that point where she's just insufferable to talk to and she's so self-centered she's calling Allie's problems pedestrian and like being like I'm the only person who matters I I'm the only one with problems here yeah that was I felt that was kind of out of character for Claire a little bit but by the end of the season I was like okay this girl has been through a lot while her parents were getting a divorce or like separating her very religious parents were separating Eli was having a complete mental breakdown who was her boyfriend so then that happened and then her mom like they're finally separated her mom starts dating again but she's secretly dating this new guy's dad and then they get married like it was just a lot in six months and, like, you saw how Claire was handling the separation with the emo Claire for, like, one lunch period. It was bound to come back, but I, I just feel like it just made her so dramatic. Like, she blew up everywhere, all over Degrassi. She was blown up in the cafeteria. She was blown up in the newspaper. She was blown up, like, at home. And I was like, ah, stop. Yeah. I was thinking that you're right with all the Eli drama and the parent drama. It kind of made her become more dramatic. The three months that she dated Eli was a complete roller coaster. And she's dealing with all this wild things. So I feel like just having experienced all that, she's like, my life is, I don't even know. So even though I hate seeing Claire being so terrible to everyone around her, I felt like it was a natural character progression. <laughs> yeah, because now I just thought of this now. They had Maya, who comes in later, go through very similar things after the trauma that she had experienced with Cam. But it like was over like the period of time kind of similar to Claire's. But I think the problem that they had with Claire was that they didn't really express the trauma that Eli had like with her I guess I feel like they kind of just threw us into her being angry when like I feel like she should have confided in Allie and was and said more about how Eli's actions like affected her yeah she she basically has the one episode where she blows up at Eli and then she's like Eli get away from me yeah but then she like cries at the newspaper about her ex and how she's like I have nothing now that I don't have Eli and I'm like I don't know like, you're so smart, and, like, come on, you can find something. Yeah. Uh, it's just, I, I view this, season 11, as Claire's lowest point in her whole time on the show. Because even though she does go through a ton of more shit, like, most of it is kind of out of her control. Whereas this, her being a terrible human being, is, like, all on her. It is all on her. And you could even see it's kind of like reflecting in other characters too, because like Allie very obviously is over Claire. Like, I mean, it doesn't help that Allie kissed Jake at all, but like Claire is just pretty much ignoring her and not giving a shit about her problems. And like, even Adam is so done. If you watch every scene between Claire and Adam, literally Claire would be like, Eli. And then Adam's like, what, what did he say? Oh, he started, like, coughing and was like, I'm having a sudden onset of asthma. Like, he did not want to be there <laughs> to talk about Eli anymore. So, like, her only two friends are, like, get away from me. You're being annoying. 
uh, Claire. Yeah, not her best moment. Kind of disappointed that boys had such like a rough effect on her considering who I feel like she was a very independent I like want to say she's independent but she does tend to always be in some sort of relationship now that I'm thinking about it yeah at her prom I think in season 14 she like reads through her diary and like freshman Claire was saying I'm not gonna let boys ruin my high school experience and then that's exactly what she does Oh my gosh, she's not even a junior yet. Well, she, like, kind of becomes one, but still. Yeah. Yeah, so, Selfish Claire, Allie, and then we can't forget the weed farm before we move on. (laughs) I don't get it. (laughs) Why did they do this? I wish they just, like, they should have just kept it connected to some sort of religious thing, in my opinion. It would have made way more sense for her to go to a church like decide to try to find somewhere to live through that and then maybe not like it and then come home but a weed farm is this a canadian thing that happens often am i missing something i liked the concept of claire running away to like a, a cult which is what this thing basically is i like that concept because she really does not feel comfortable at home which we talked about is kind of fair given all the changes that's happening. And then her dad is a piece of shit. So I, I like the concept of Claire running away, but to a weed farm to, which then gets like raided by a SWAT team. (laughs) Like what the fuck? I don't know. They're saying no to drugs in these episodes because, like, with what Bianca's dealing with, and now Claire goes to a weed farm and, like, nothing happens to her. Like, I mean, I'm glad nothing happened to her. It was just kind of, I don't know. I don't know how much of a stretch that is. Degrassi really threw some stretches in this, in this season. <laughs> yeah, because they are being very anti-drug, but then at the same time, they have uh, Marisol finds weed in Jake's cabin couch and then she gets high and it's just like funny hijinks with Marisol and Katie being high. Oh yeah I forgot about that so I don't really know what the point of this was. Yeah so like don't join drug dealer cults I don't know. (laughs) And it's not like they told you how to avoid drug dealer places like they didn't say I don't know. It was strange. I felt like I'm glad I gave Jake the opportunity to be like, she's my sister, so we can all finally just move on. <laughs> oh, I do have a question for you. Do you, What do you think of Claire forgiving her dad before forgiving Allie? When did she forgive her dad? Well, I'm assuming she forgave him when she called him to pick her up from school for her to, like, stay with him, and he was like, I don't have enough room. I mean, she didn't, like, forgive him, but the fact that she called him to stay with him versus, like, she could have also been, like, well, I guess Jenna was staying with Allie, right? Yes. So maybe she couldn't be like, Allie, can I live with you? But I would think, I personally would think that she would forgive Allie before calling her father. That's just my opinion. What do you think? Well, at this point, she's still so full of herself. So she's still 
feeling like Allie did the ultimate portrayal by kissing Jake because she was feeling sad about Dave. So, I don't know. Because also, your dad versus your best friend is very different because you can't really not have a relationship with your parents most of the time. Yeah, that's a good point. I guess comparing them, I was just very interested to see how, like, she called her dad after finding out about the infidelities and, like, was so upset about it, like, so upset, and then she still called him to be like, hey, can I stay with you? Yeah, they definitely should have elaborated on that more, because they pretty much only use the cheating as a excuse to make Claire and Jake official rather than just friends with benefits, and they don't do much more with it than that. Yeah, I feel like if they were going to do the cheating, they should have just not had her call her dad. But I guess maybe they, I don't know. They just wanted to show that she would rather live with her dad who cheated on her mom than live at home with Jake. Oh, that mess. Jake's dad is also kind of a dick. I'm sorry. Really? Why do you think that? I don't know. I'm just thinking of that dinner table scene where Jake's dad is telling Claire, like, be polite to our dinner guests. This is our house. Like he's just Oh, when when she when Claire gets up and yells like I hope you have condoms to Jake. <laughs> yes. When Jenna was sitting at their dinner table? <laughs> yeah. Jasper, he's not <laughs> He's not being a dick. Claire was the worst. Well, yes, yes, he was. Or yes, Claire was being the worst there. But I guess more in general, he's kind of acting like he is in charge here when he just got here. And that was my issue with it. Yeah, I think there was some point in this episode where Claire goes, you're not my dad. I don't know. I'm not 100%, but I feel like she could have said that. He definitely said that. Yeah, so I feel like they wanted to do that too. I don't know. I guess he didn't particularly like stand out to me. All I know is that we don't really have a lot of dad characters. Like, Eli's dad's, like, pretty much the main dad right now. Yeah, that's so true. I was thinking about that, too. I Yeah, because I was like, oh, they used to have, like, a ton of dads, like Simpson and Joey, and but then they kind of just all disappeared, and then we had no dads. But anyway, <laughs> going off on a dad rant. Do you want to briefly talk about Jake and Jenna before we go on to Eli? Yeah. After rewatching this season, I will cut Jenna some slack. Jenna is not the worst in this season. <laughs> so go, Jenna. You moved up. But. Yeah, because you were being mad at her for being a boyfriend stealer again, right? Yeah, but then I. Like, she kind of was, but I also tolerated her a lot more because of her maturity with like giving up her child for adoption and like the way that she like handled that dinner conversation I was like a plus a plus for sure I love Jenna's development in the season we'll we'll probably get there in our next episode I think but from the boyfriend stealer perspective okay Jake and Claire have been broken up for a couple weeks at this point so it's not even stealing a boyfriend like what clearly happened with KC yes and, like, they could see whoever they want. Claire isn't friends with Jenna. Jenna has no reason to be nice to Claire, especially with Claire being a bitch to Allie. Yeah, you're right. They weren't friends. I think I, like, didn't think about that 
from last season because like rewatching it I really did see how like Claire and Jenna don't I really don't think they talk up until that episode when she's like Jenna really Jenna (laughs) (laughs) I don't know I kind of honestly like that would have been a better fit than Jenna and Connor really I love Jenna and Connor I don't know. I feel like with Jenna and Connor, it's, like, they a little forced where, like, Jake and Jenna seem to just, like, flow better together. But also, Jake and Jenna weren't together very long. Like, it was, like, a one-episode thing, pretty much. Yeah. They pretty much tease it to make Claire angry, and then they just don't do anything with it. Yeah, the writers were, like, what would piss Claire off the most in the world? Uh, yes. Jenna. And I was, like, smart. So good. Yeah, I, I was looking forward to actually seeing them if not become a relationship, just explore more of their friendship, but it didn't happen. So I was a little disappointed. We should make that a poll on, on our Twitter to see what, if people would have liked Jake and Jenna to have a real relationship or not. (laughs) Watch out for it in a couple days, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, Jake and Jenna, I kind of would have been a fan. Okay. Any final points on Claire? just doing her own thing before we bring her into the mess that is Eli Goldsworthy. No, I think I'm ready to move on. Okay. Eli has so much shit. It's pretty overwhelming, but we're gonna try. (laughs) Okay, so he starts off the season by being on his medication after his whole car crash thing through anti-anxiety meds, I believe. But then he has to write a play for a drama class and he is not feeling creative whatsoever. So quirky girl and stalker Imogen comes in and convinces him to go off of his meds, which does help him be creative for the play. But then he stays off of his meds after the play has been written, which is the problem because Also with the play, he basically wrote the story of season 10, Eli and Claire, just from the perspective that Claire is a terrible human being, which she wasn't in season 10, she was season 11. And then from there, Imogen tries to, Imogen is pretty much obsessed with Eli at this point. So she is trying to audition for the part of Claire in the play. So she tries to mimic Claire to find out her mannerisms so that she'll get the part. And then she manipulates Claire and Eli, I guess, into into making Eli see Claire and Jake be couple-y, which has the opposite effect that she wanted, which basically it convinces Eli that he is still in love with Claire, (laughs) which is a complete backfire on poor Imogen. And then because he is now on a mission to get back together with Claire now that he's realized that he still loves her, he hires Jake to build the sets for the play so that he could keep his enemies close. (laughs) And Claire is very concerned about this. So she, she's basically just very protective of Jake in front of Eli so that he doesn't try to hurt him or anything. Even though he, he's not necessarily trying to hurt Jake, but he's definitely trying to break Claire and Jake up. 
because the first thing we could see with that is that he rewrites the play so that Claire is now the hero rather than the evil villain. Then the next thing is it's right before the play and Eli is very unhinged. He hasn't taken his meds in forever. He is manipulating everybody around him. He basically, he tries to plant drugs in Jake's locker to get him expelled. (laughs) But then Imogen instead plants the drugs in Claire's locker, which makes Eli blow up on Imogen saying that she is nothing to him. And then he alienates pretty much everybody. Jake quits the play and he hires Riley for the part, surprisingly. (laughs) But yeah, he has a complete mental break on stage. And that is basically what convinces him that he really needs help. So his dad helps him like get a therapist and he is finally diagnosed with bipolar disorder. So from there, he is now like taking his meds again and he sets out to apologize to all the people that he wronged through the play. So he apologizes to Fiona first who readily forgives him And then he spends a lot of time trying to get Jake to forgive him. And that's where the whole like sweat lodge Native American thing happens. And he helps Claire and Jake work through their problems. And he also apologizes to Imogen and they become friends again. And that's pretty much where Eli ends in the first half of the season before the time skip. But I just also wanted to point out that at prom, Eli and Claire have kind of a moment after Adam gets shot, where Claire gets the cis text from Jake and Eli is like kind of nice about it. And then they also have a moment in the Halloween episode at Jake's cabin where Eli finds Claire while she is lost in the woods. So I just wanted to point out those two instances. Since that's pretty much after the play, that's the only two times where Eli and Claire interact before they end up getting back together. So then we have the time skip and Fiona has set up Eli and Imogen together. We talked about that in our last episode. So Eli and Imogen are officially dating and he becomes very jealous of Imogen basically spending time not with him. (laughs) And he's also upset that Imogen made like a bipolar poster like featuring him. It's kind of just like a mental illness awareness type of thing. It was kind of cute. Yeah, he ends up breaking into Fiona's loft and his therapist tells him that it's all down to teenage hormones, which I have opinions about. So yeah. And but anyway, this ends with Eli and Imogen breaking up, realizing they're better as friends. And then we leave Eli for a little bit until he comes to help out Claire with her winter newspaper thing. And they end up talking again. And they finish the season with a cute little kiss at the Frostival. Wow. Okay. This episode could go on forever. Eli, his mental health journey with bipolar is really good. In my, I don't know. I think that they did a pretty good job with just showing, like, I don't know, just the journey of, like, a kid trying to get used to this, like, new medication and, like, how it affects 
you and him starting off with being like, I don't want to feel anything to like feeling everything when he was off his meds. And then like he went back on and then he was trying to figure out the balance between being on his meds and having a relationship. Like it was just, I feel like it could be relatable for a lot of people out there. Yeah, for sure. Like, even though they didn't do this, I like how I think it was Adam pointed out how the meds that he was originally on, if they weren't working for him, he should have just tried something else. So that obviously is what should have happened, but in order for all the dramatics with the play to happen, uh, that obviously he had to go off of his meds for that to happen. And I agree, it, it is a great mental health journey. It's probably, is it my favorite one in all of Degrassi? I think it is actually. So yeah, it's, a, it's great to see like him, I don't wanna say go crazy, but like his whole manic episode that happens with the whole play situation is just like so rough to see. Like it's, it's so sad to see him like be so manipulative of everyone around him. He is gaslighting people left and right. And then like the breakdown, like that famous scene in in the play is just like so sad and so well acted too like you go Lenore Chambers yes oh my gosh his actor is insane this whole like not sorry insane was not the right word to use but his actor was incredible this entire season just like just for one example that really stuck with me was in the beginning of the season he was on medication but it just wasn't the right kind for him as you said and then the beginning of like the second half of the season 11 when he is like medicated and like is in the right place it's just like you immediately love him you're like oh my gosh like this kid is so good and then it's just like seeing that that difference just from medication is his actor did a great job I think I also like how when he is in the second half of the season where he is on his medication and working to make positive change for himself, I really like how they explicitly point out the things that he's doing. Like he's working out every day. He's seeing a therapist all the time. What else? Just like having positive friendships with Fiona and Imogen. Yeah, I really liked that they did the exercise thing because I think that's something that a lot of people do to help themselves with their mental health and I think that that's like a great example for them to show. My question for you is do you think this kind of ties into Imogen but do you think Imogen is a villain for kind of taking advantage of unmedicated Eli? Yes and no. Okay. okay. So Imogen knows that he's like supposed to be on his meds right? But I don't think she realizes how bad it is for him. Like, she doesn't realize that he really needs help. So I don't really blame her for just going after the boy that she likes. Even though it is manipulative, yes. Okay. Because I was, like, watching in that part of it, and she just wasn't sitting well with me with her being like take like don't take your medication and then like let's go to a steak dinner that I planted Jake and Claire at and like let's see how you do and I texted you this while I was watching it but I really think Imogen underestimated unmedicated Eli for sure like I she really did and I just 
I don't know. I feel like when you you watch Eli not take his meds, you just know it's about to get crazy up in here. Not in like that sense, but it just like you know something's gonna happen. So I didn't hate the suggestion that Eli go off of his meds for a minute just to get creative with writing the play. I didn't think that was an awful idea, but the problem was that he continued to not be off of them. Yeah, yeah, and, but you could also see how much he needed to be on them when he needed to, he like was taking almost three a day when he was recommended to only take three a day. So going from that to none, yeah I don't know and then just the way that they portray Imogen later when she has she's like always trying to like talk him through like his episodes I guess I'm like I get it but also you're the one who's like hey don't take your meds like you can't be both yeah so I think we'll talk a little bit later about kind of the dichotomy of Imogen in the first half versus the second half but let's keep going with Eli's mental health okay Earlier today, I sent out a tweet asking questions or topics people wanted us to discuss in this episode. And at Black Sansa Stark, I love the name, by the way, Sansa Stark is a true queen. (laughs) They said, I think it's interesting to talk about Eli's deep-seated abandonment issues and combined with his untreated mental illness lead to him being codependent on Claire. A big part of his character development is realizing he needed time for himself for his own health. So that was a direct quote from Black Sansa Stark's tweet. So I actually never really considered the abandonment issues from his dead ex-girlfriend, Julia, contributing to his awful mental health in this season. Because it's not mentioned at all in the season. It is the cause of him crashing his hearse at the end of season 10 but they don't refer to him having a dead ex-girlfriend or that affecting his mental health in any way. So I thought that was a really insightful point that I had never thought of because that is a big part of like how Eli gets to the point that he is because he's already been through a lot in the past year alone, just having to cope with a girlfriend die and then having to like learn to love again with Claire and then losing Claire. So, yeah, I really liked that point that they made about that. Oh, definitely. I feel like I didn't exactly notice that, but I could definitely see it now that it was, like, set out there. Because when you lose someone so suddenly and they don't really go into it, I feel like there really is that, like, hidden fear of, oh, no, like, is everybody around me going to leave me now? Which, like, you could see with him and Claire through that entire thing and like I feel like even though we saw him being like yeah like my ex-girlfriend died he didn't really say like I'm afraid everybody around me is gonna leave me until like it was too late kind of thing yeah and the whole dependency on Claire thing makes sense for why he's so intent on getting back together with her oh yeah and I also think it also was his mental health issues that he was going with during this season though I don't think it was just him 
Like, I don't know if it was just the abandonment in this season specifically, just because he was kind of starting to spiral. I think everything around him was just falling apart. Because then, like, his whole life becomes the play, even though the play is about Claire. (laughs) Yeah, so it's definitely not just the abandonment issues, but that exacerbates all the problems that he's already having. Being off his meds, not really having any support system. Yeah, because we mentioned his parents being similar to almost friends. Like, they aren't really... And even his dad kind of says it. He's like, I got to start treating you like a kid. Yeah. So I wanted to show that scene, actually. Oh, um, great. <laughs> so it's the scene right after his breakdown at the play. So I think we're all familiar with that scene. So I didn't feel it was necessary to show it. But I thought the next scene with his dad confronting him is pretty f- profound. So I wanted to show that. Everyone's talking. Hey, Spyro. Looks like you're a hit. I'm a fraud. That wasn't Ari up there tonight, was it? The principal told me about the little mix-up today. You haven't been taking your meds, have you? (laughs) What does it matter? Meds or no meds, she hates me. I want to scream at you, Eli, for lying to us this whole time. But I can't, because I'm afraid of what you'll do if you'll hurt yourself. I won't. Your own I, we always kind of let you do your own thing. We got to start treating you like a kid, watching out for you better. Don't blame yourself. I wouldn't let you help me. I want to get better. So you can get Claire back? No. I want to get better from me. Dad? Okay. So I think that scene is honestly more important than the breakdown scene because him talking with his dad is what convinces him that he needs to get better. Yeah, and I I really do like that scene. That scene made me, like, happier that his dad is so willing to just help him so much. That's that's where I was like, we don't have enough Degrassi dads that are, like, having character development. I feel like it was good. Yeah, because I've never really considered before I did this rewatch how... Eli's dad does step up to help Eli with his mental health because in the second half of the season, he is concerned about Eli dating again when previously he was like fully willing to let Claire sleep over and like have sex. And now he's like really stepping up and like making sure Eli's taking his meds, making sure that he's having healthy relationships, making sure he isn't overstepping any boundaries with himself. So I thought that was really great to see since having a strong support system is so important in like any mental health journey. Yeah, and I think, I don't think his parents or his dad saying like, oh, Imogen can't sleep over, like you need to go to bed at the right time. Like, I think that they were, he was just being a normal dad to a like 15 year old kid to be honest 
because before he, the the amount of freedom that Eli got was very much not normal. Like it was way too much. So I think him dialing it back and treating Eli like you know just a kid was kind of nice to see. For sure. And again, this is pretty much the catalyst for Eli trying to get better, because after this is when he apologizes to everybody. And then he starts his like workout regimen and all those nice things. Yeah, I think, okay, the apologies, in my opinion, are one of the best things that Eli did. I think just his character, because you're, you're, as you're watching him go through this, you know, he's on new medication, like, you know, he's trying and you can still see how upset he gets when like people don't forgive him and I mean, in my head, I'm like, I could totally see how that's upsetting because he almost looks at it as like, you know, his actions weren't him. Like he wouldn't do that. And like, he wanted to like apologize for that. And when Jake like didn't really want to, I could definitely see how that could be upsetting. I agree. But I also think that he should have learned to accept that not everyone is going to forgive you. I think that's a pretty powerful lesson to learn, and he didn't really do that. No, because he even talked to his therapist about it, because he was like, he's like, Jake won't forgive me or whatever, and she's like, the whole point is like for you to apologize to everybody, not for everybody to forgive you, and I felt like that was really, that was definitely good, because it is true, like, his actions did hurt people, and him forgiving is great, but that, or him apologizing is great, but that doesn't mean yeah, like, Jake does not owe him anything, especially the way that Eli treated Jake. Like, it just wasn't fair. Yeah, absolutely. Um, any other points about Eli's mental health? No, I feel like I we touched upon most of it, I would say. Okay, let's go into Imogen. Okay. So, like, we already touched on Imogen was the catalyst for Eli really going off the rails by encouraging him to go off of his meds. Imogen is obviously a new character this season but she has apparently been going to Degrassi for a while now not that we've seen her but she has been like stalking Eli like she knows literally everything about his life which is very strange so I actually wanted to ask you what you thought about that. Do you think Imogen was actually stalking him or do you think it was being portrayed that way because Eli was being paranoid? Because think about it. In high school, you knew everybody's business. Like you knew what was going on. If somebody got almost got stabbed at a dance, you're telling me you wouldn't know about it? No, we knew everything about everybody all the time. So I feel like Imogen knowing these things about Eli, like, kind of makes sense because he really did have a very dramatic time in high school and the cops were calling everything. So, like, everybody knew. But I feel like they tried to play it off like it was creepy because I think he was just, I think he was paranoid. Paranoid about what? Just because he was off his medication, I think he was just, like, paranoid and immediately was like, you're stalking me. 
And she was like, no, like, I just, I, you know, I've heard it through the grapevine. Like, everybody heard about it. Like, you almost got stabbed. And, like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it was kind of a very dramatic time for you. Okay. I could see that. But she definitely had a fixation on him, regardless of, like, what, where she got this information from. Yeah, but she also did know the names of, like, everybody. Like, she knew Adam's name. She's like, Adam Torres. Like, I know you. And she's like, Eli Goldsworthy, I know you too. It's like, do you own a coin? I'm like, all right, I get it. You know everybody. Like, I think they were just trying to play her off. Like, she was a background character that was, like, watching everybody during this time. And then they just brought her in. Yeah. So here's what I feel about how Imogen was introduced. I feel like she was written to be a stand-in as an Eli fangirl. Like, just think about all the girls who fell in love with Eli in season 10 and would defend every single one of his actions they literally made that type of person into Imogen yes yes Imogen was very lucky to be the other person to be with Eli for that short period of time what do you mean well I feel like people were probably thinking that because it's like 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 what you said she was kind of a reflection of like a fan and like she kind of embodies that when I think during like one of the play read-throughs she is like Claire you are awful you manipulated Eli you did all these terrible things to make Eli into this place which is like exactly what like a Eli stan would say like not even thinking about what his actions are and how they affected other people Oh, that is true. She really was. She really did, like, kind of say whatever he was doing was fine. And then she's also super manipulative, too. Like, we already talked about the whole steakhouse thing with Claire and Jake. And then she also dresses up as Claire, like, on two separate occasions. Yeah, okay, that was strange. Even though I understood her point of Eli having to come clean to Claire she didn't need I did not expect her to dress up similar to Claire and have him yell at her outside (laughs) in public well and then she does it again for the play audition yes which like I don't want to be like that kind of makes sense but also nobody else broke dress code so I don't approve Yeah, so she's clearly, like, using Eli's infatuation for Claire to get Eli to like her. Yes. Yeah, I think she's she's definitely smarter than she is coming off. And then she's, like, surprised when Eli says, I'm still in love with Claire. (laughs) Yeah, I was actually just looking through my notes, and I totally forgot that Imogen even got a bloody nose for Eli before they, like, were even friends. Yeah. So, like... Imogen is, like, going to the ends of the earth in these first few episodes to, like, in, uh, what's the word? Enable. Yeah. Okay. She's doing everything she can to enable Eli and his deteriorating mental health because she's, like, just a fangirl and thinks that he can do no wrong because she has a crush on him. Yeah. And time and time again, he's like, I'm not over Claire. I'm gonna get Claire back. Until mid season 11 yeah. kind of and then even when they they do have that one makeout scene like i think right before the play 
where Eli literally calls Imogen Claire. Stop. That was just so uncomfortable. Like, no, that's. It showed how awful Eli's mental health had gotten at that point. And it also kind of just showed how kind of desperate Imogen was to be with him. Yeah, I think that's kind of why I said she was kind of the villain in the beginning. Yeah, because she also does the drug thing with Claire, planning the drugs in Claire's locker. Yeah, and there was a point in my notes where I said that I like that Imogen makes Eli look like he's not mentally unstable because she's doing all of these ridiculous things also. And you're like, what is she? Yeah, because you're right, she's an, she's an enabler. Yeah, which is why it's so interesting to me the shift from her being such an Eli fangirl to just kind of being the quirky, cute girl after that. Yeah, I was thinking about that too, because she, I feel like after that break, it was just a completely different character. Exactly. Like, at what point after the first half of season 11 with Imogen, do we ever see her being that manipulative with anybody? No, no one. She just is, like, obsessed with Eli. And I wonder if they never tied that, like, into her sexuality, right? Like, they never tied, like, oh, she tried so hard with Eli to, like, be straight, but then in reality, like, wasn't? Well, Imogen's bisexual, or they never officially give Imogen a label, but she definitely is attracted to both men and women. Okay. I wasn't, I totally forgot what ended up happening. But okay, that makes more sense. Yeah, image is just bad for Eli. Don't really know what, I guess they just wanted to give someone to him to like, be like, hey, don't take your meds and like do all these things. And like, not an excuse, but kind of like the little devil on his shoulder. Yeah, I think part of it was to kind of show what the Eli fangles were because we talked a lot about how Eli was in the wrong at the end of season 10, right? Yeah. But there, when that was, when those episodes were airing, there were a ton of people being like, Claire, what are you doing? Like, why are you giving Eli up? Like, he's perfect. So I feel like Imogen being the fangirl type of character was kind of showing how those types of fans of Eli were completely missing the point. I like that. I like that they did that because that is true. Like I was a huge fan of Eli when Eli came out and I did not understand why Claire left him. Rewatching it, I understand completely. But I think just the age that I was at, like you're kind of like, I can fix everybody. And like at some points you got to just step back. And that's what Claire did. Yeah. And then Imogen is showing how like you shouldn't support that even though you're blinded by Eli being like, the mysterious emo boy. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. You're so right. Okay, so let's go into Imogen's, I guess, relationship with Eli in the second half of the season. Okay. Did you feel like it was authentic? Well, Fiona literally set them up, so no. (laughs) Well, I know that, but then they ended up going on that date, and, like, she was in his bedroom and then his dad was like break up and then their relationship fell apart because he sold I don't know 
what do you sell his dad's guitar for a camera and it was just a train wreck yeah so eli was definitely not ready to be in a relationship yet like he got way too jealous and you know how his therapist says that all of his actions in that episode were because of teen hormones yes like i thought that was absolutely absurd <laughs> like teen hormones are making him sell his parents precious belongings making him break into people's houses just because he's jealous like no he was having maybe not a full manic episode but like a soft one <laughs> i don't really know how it works but definitely something was going on to make him act like that no i 100 percent agree because i don't know I just feel like what he was doing was not something that people would normally do. I would never, if I broke something of my significant others that was expensive, would I want to replace it? Of course. Would I sell something that is not mine to get the money to replace it? No, because that's wrong. Eli did not understand that. And like, you could even see it when his dad asked him where his guitar was. He was just like, I'll get it back. I'll get it back. And they're like, okay. Yeah, so I just, that, the conclusion to that was just so weird to me. That like, yeah, Eli, all these unhealthy things that you've been doing are just because you're hormonal. <laughs> like, no, that just pisses me off because like, your mental health does not give you, not, okay. You should never break and enter into anyone's home. <laughs> Like, if you don't trust your girlfriend, don't climb into the home of where you think she might be to see if she's there. He obviously, like, that's not something teenage boys do. That's not. That's not, like, a normal occurrence in a healthy relationship. Yeah, so they definitely should have, like, called him out for, like, I don't even know how you would describe it, but, like, they should have not just given him the slap on the wrist to be like be less jealous next time yeah he was taking extreme measures to tiny problems in a way uh, that's that's what i think and that's why i think his therapist should have acknowledged that if he was like if he slammed a locker because he was upset like that's fine but going into somebody's home not fine yeah and Imogen was right to be, like, very concerned about his mental health. Yeah, I think he was gaslighting her. A little bit. Because she was like, Eli, like, take a breath. Like, you're upset as he's, like, throwing shit around the dot. And he's like, no, I'm not. And it's like, okay. And he's like, why do you bring up my mental health? And she's like, well, I'm just worried. And he's like, don't do that. And she was like, uh, okay. Yeah, I get Eli's perspective that he doesn't want to be infantilized just because he has a mental illness. Yeah. But at the same time, you also need people to kind of hold you accountable. And, like, good friends like Imogen are great for that. Yeah, what is your opinion on the poster that she made of him? She definitely should have gotten permission from him before she made it. But I think it was well done. I agree 100% with both of what you just said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Any other points about Imogen? Like, it, 
it's her season 11 arc is just so strange to me it is strange i think they changed her to kind of like fit with fiona because she just had such an interesting relationship with eli that just like the swap to fiona like couldn't happen super quick like i think they needed to get the eli and imogen thing out of out of the way first but the only thing i didn't love was that he was like i'm not ready for a girlfriend imogen and imogen was like okay and like went and dated fiona but then he like still made out with claire in the last episode so which one is it (laughs) you can't have both yeah that's true i really like what you said about they had to fit Imogen to Fiona because like like we said it is a huge shift from her being so manipulative and toxic to being just I'm cute and quirky and like I'm gonna date Fiona now (laughs) yep yeah and they even tried to like change her with Eli too because she dated both Eli and Fiona in like the same half of the season yeah I don't know. Imogen's character was strange, but I still really like her. Oh, and I liked the quick friendship that she had with Bianca in that one episode. Yes, I wrote that down too. I was like, I really like, I think Imogen and um, Bianca could have been good friends. Yeah, they do become actual friends in season 12 once Drew moves in with Fiona. Oh, that makes sense. Like Imogen and Fiona go to Vegas for the Drew and Bianca wedding. Yes, yes, yes. It's not like like Imogen and Bianca or more than anything like casual friends. Yeah, but I'm still a fan. I think it's good that Imogen has other people outside of Fiona and Eli. I agree. Because if you do want to give any transition to Imogen being awful to being more of a better person that episode is it because she's talking about how awful Eli treated her and how bad she feels and Bianca is kind of a shoulder to cry on I didn't think about that that totally is the transformation episode not not that it's like uh that great of a transformation like I still agree that it doesn't make so much sense but like it at least shows her moving away from being obsessed with Eli Yes. Yep, definitely. Okay. So let's close things off by just talking about Eli and Claire reconnecting at the very end of the season. I feel like them reconnecting at the end was, I did not expect it. Like, just the amount that they went through trying to get over each other the entire season like they both saw other people they both did like similar things to try to get over each other there was even a point where like when claire was like going into the newspaper and katie was like oh um well she's like write a hundred words and claire wrote five pages worth of information and she when katie goes oh i don't think anyone's going to like want to read that and claire was like well that's you know let them read it like what do you know eli does does a very similar thing with the theater and the script 
And I, like, didn't realize that parallel. Like, they're both living through the same crap, just, like, separated, and then they get back together at the end. Well, that's exactly why I think it makes sense for them, for them to get together at the end. Because they are going through similar journeys throughout the whole season. Yeah, because they're going through, like, they both meet someone else. They both pick up new hobbies. Their fam, well, their, like, home lives are both iffy. I think more his is the mental health journey. Hers is the, like, the divorced parents' journey still. Yeah, so their journeys are exactly paralleling each other. Like, I was also thinking about how they both, like, kind of reconcile with their respective significant others of the season, Jake and Imogen, by saying, we're better as friends. That's how both of those relationship arcs end. Claire, mm-hmm. Claire is like, oh, Jake, I'm glad that you're my brother. Eli is like, Imogen, I'm glad you're my friend. They go through similar journeys, so it makes sense that now that they're in better places than they were when they broke up, that it makes sense that they are now in the correct place to get back together. And it just shows how impactful their relationship is on each other, because they spent the whole time trying to get over each other, and then just when everything was right, they just got back together. Yeah, like, obviously they were going to get back together. Like, they teased it so much. Yeah. Like, even, of course, it wasn't going to happen during the play, but with the Adam getting shot scene where Eli and Claire have a little conversation and then in the woods, like, it's, it was always obvious that they were going to get back together. I do like that they gave them space from each other, though. It was good. I was kind of happy, though. I feel like there's always part of you that's like, I hope these people get back together, and then, like, when they do, you're, like, nice. Yeah. Like, the the Frostival scene is just so cute. It's so damn cute. I love it so much. It's so cute because Eli is happy, and, like, that's really what we've been waiting for this whole, like, this whole season, he has not been happy. And then he finally was happy, and I was like, oh, this this makes me happy. And then Claire is finally over herself and she reconnected with Allie and oh we didn't talk about how we had the minor niners get back together. I know what a little feature. Yeah so like they both got over all their shit they found each other again and they get back together in a healthy way. I don't know if I've said this before but Season 12, Eli and Claire is, like, a top-tier couple for me. Ooh, I'm excited to get there. So, like, they're just so good for each other. It's so healthy. I love it. And this is this is the start of that Season 12 relationship, so. Yeah, I'm happy they're still around. I'm a, I'm a huge E. Claire fan. Love the drama that comes with it, too. <laughs> How can you not? Like, I was thinking about this last night. Like, there's no other Degrassi couple that has so many seasons worth of drama. Like, Eli and Claire have literally season 10 through 14 nonstop. I was going to say, what about Paige and Spinner? Short-lived? Yeah, Paige and Spinner. Oh, Sean and Emma. That was long. Five seasons long? I don't think so. We'll have to research because now I'm curious. That's such a good point. I I was literally thinking about the timelines. So Eli and Claire is seasons 10 through 14 nonstop. That's five seasons. 
Spinner and Paige get together season two and they break up season four. So that's like, if you you want to give them two seasons altogether. Yeah. Sean and Emma have seasons one and two, three and six. Craig and Ellie or Manny. I hate No, we got it. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, but I do believe it. I feel like Eli and Claire has really been pushed since like day. They literally were a couple like four episodes into season 10. Okay, it's not true. But. Wait. Oh my God. I saw on Twitter today. This today is the 10 year anniversary of Eli meeting Claire. Wow. Look at us. Yeah, it is. The matchup. The episode is going to be released in a few days after this. So it is currently July 22nd which is the day that the season 10 episode Breakaway Part 2 aired. Which is the episode where Eli and Claire met after he ran over her glasses. Yep. So Iconic. 10 year anniversary and we're talking about Eli and Claire getting back together in season 11. That's not fate. I don't know what is. (laughs) We didn't even plan this. I just realized it just now. This is amazing. Okay. Any final thoughts? Okay, one last time going through characters. Jake, really enjoy him. Glad he's normal. We need a new, we need like a normal person in this that's not going through gang violence or mental health issues or pregnancies or adoption or anything, you know. <laughs> um, happy to have you, Jake. Imogen, interesting to kind of personality plot lines like but i like her i'm a fan claire definitely selfish for a good part of this whole season but her and eli getting together is still what i think they're they're my favorite couple for sure wow so much to talk about we'll be back soon probably our next episode is going to be Jenna, Casey, Allie, Dave, which I'm sure people are not as excited about, but. <laughs> you guys need to listen to me talk shit about Dave, so. That's always a fun time. Always great. Yeah. So thanks for listening. See you soon.